Hold on. Did that motherfucker just call me a twat? Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, so guys, welcome to Twat Did You Say? Twat Did Yuns Say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm from Pittsburgh or something. Did I say Yun in Pittsburgh? It's a Pennsylvania thing. Oh. It's all across the state. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anywho. We are back and I am anxiously awaiting Katie's story for me, which is her opener. I was about to say. I guess, it's yeah. your story. I am doing Yeah. <laughs> Katie, this is all on you. Go. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, I'm so unprepared. I was not I'd ready. I'd be like, guys, are you ready for some dead airspace? Because <laughs> I got an opener and that's about all you get. You're going to have an hour of... Uh, anyways. And, um... <laughs> and, um... So there's... This one time at band camp. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, currently taking a sip of my drink. Isn't this exciting? I know, right? Guys, we're drinking vodka mixed with coconut rum. 90 proof coconut rum. Because normally it's only... Licking, flucking... Like 20% alcohol. Fucking amazing. <clears throat> it does make it tastier, for sure. And it makes Katie drunker. Yeah. So you're welcome, guys. Her stomach has been letting me know that it's tasty. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> so I was like, Mandy, I have to pee. And then she's like, what? Poop? And I was like, no, pee. <laughs> and then my stomach let out the most atrocious sound. And she was like, is that your ass? <laughs> I was like, no, I swear to god. And I was like, well, I'm not making the best case for myself right now. Right, because I said, you have to poop. And she was like, no. And then her son was like, and, and it like, sounded like a I, fucking fart from hell. I literally, I thought the sound was coming from her butt. Mm-hmm. It was gross, and I laughed for about 45 minutes. Did you say I was gross? No. Shit, I don't even know what the fuck I just said. But. Cheers, Boru. Right. Bless you, Boru. <laughs> and also, Parrot Bay, 90 proof coconut rum, because <laughs> hello. Mixed with vodka. Right. It's Mixed with Boru. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I was reading, I don't even know what I looked up. I just looked up, like, random stories. I don't know. And somehow I ended up on this article it was like 50 of the most insane true stories on thought catalog oh i love that website i know i like thought catalog too <clears throat> and so this g- person i don't even know if it's a guy or girl um with the name arc centric his entry made me laugh out loud okay and i, I was just in that mood I guess, you know, when you're reading something and, and something makes me laugh, I'm, I'm all for it. Right. You know, sometimes you're in that mood and it would normally make you laugh. And then sometimes it makes you laugh harder than you normally would. And you're like, hmm, okay. Yeah. This was share one, this one. Right. That was one of, this was one of those. So arch, arc 
centric said, I know, I'm on a roll, right? <laughs> Hitting it out of the park, guys. What Hitting is it arch, out of the park. Arch-centric. Arch-centric said. said, while I was in college, a friend of mine threw a house party that ended up getting extremely packed. The house was fairly large, and the bulk of the party was dancing in the living room area, which was carpeted, which had the furniture cleared out to make room for the DJ slash drunken people dancing. Love it. Sounds like my kind of place. Sounds like us, like, right now. Right. (laughs) Except, you know, there's no DJ, and it's not packed to the goes of people. It's just me and Mandy and our giant laughs. Drunken dancing. (laughs) Right. You know, the use. The DJ was a childhood friend of mine that I used to break dance with. Same. <laughs> I totally can break dance. Oh my god. Right. I'm gonna have Katie of KDL. What the hell was that? I'm gonna have Katie video me break dancing. Right, because we totally spin on our heads. I I'm like super good. I, at I it. pretty I much I pretty much took like a fish out of water. <laughs> you guys so it's dance. some Pretty high energy shit. You'd be like, oh my god, Mandy, are you having a seizure? Or are you... You'd be like, like, bitch, I'm dancing. <laughs> You'd think of me and be like, someone put the paddles on Katie. <laughs> or bitch is fucking dying. Or call the exorcist. <laughs> I need an old priest and a young priest. <laughs> someone bring a talisman. <laughs> Holy water, the whole thing. Right. Crucifix. I know. Then they'd all get struck by lightning because they'd be like, the devil. <laughs> You're like, bitch, I am the devil. Right. <laughs> but I digress. So, says the DJ was a childhood friend of mine that I used to break dance with, but was only spinning top 40 stuff to keep the energy high because obviously. So let me introduce the star of this story. Let's call him Paul. Paul is the guy you'd see at every bar slash dance club that dances horrendously. Paul. <laughs> I know. I know. I know a few Pauls. <laughs> that dances horrendously, but for some reason or another, thinks his dancing is amazing. Oh, so do I. Well, me, after too many drinks, I think I'm like fucking a professional Paula dancer. Abdul. Right. <laughs> J-Lo up in the house. Right. <laughs> Shakira, oh man. Straight up. Can't stop me. Paul also happens to be an overly machismo douche. Yeah. So Paul is kind of like the male counterpart for Karen. Yes. But. Don't be a Paul, dudes. Right. You machismo douches. (laughs) If (laughs) If at any point in the night any girl started cheering for some other guy's dancing, Paul would magically appear and try and have a dance off, usually ending in the other guy stepping out of the room to escape the pelvic thrust taunts. Oh my god. I love this. Right. So a couple hours later, my DJ friend and I decide to spin some old school hip hop that we would break dance to. The crowd starts to get into it and a circle forms. I feel like I'm watching like a step up moment in my head. I feel like I'm watching Saturday Night Live. (laughs) We have two different shows in our heads. Yeah. (laughs) I step in to take a turn in the circle and about 30 seconds in, I see Paul at the end of the circle looking like a dog on a leash waiting to break into the circle and show everyone who's boss. That's the worst. In any situation, when you see someone, you know they're about to like 
get in there or right. comment or make or like a total like, ass of themselves. Like, oh shit! Here they go. Right. Fuck! Here they go. Here I comes this jackass. Can we just hide? Yeah, here Turn off all the lights and hide. Here comes the Paul. Right. We're not home. <laughs> I finish my thing and get to the edge just in time to see that Paul has cleared himself a runway to the circle. And now, the magic. Paul takes a running start towards the circle and does a front flip as he enters. He had a bit too much to drink. Dude, me too. And, <laughs> Cheers. And Paul. underestimated how it would affect his ability to stick his landing. Rather than <laughs> landing on his feet, he over-rotated before untucking. The combination of his forward momentum from the running start and the centripetal force of his flip made him transition straight into the worm, and then his legs curled backwards up over his head, his body in the shape of a C, as he skid across the carpeted floor on his forehead. This, he sounds like a professional Paul dancer. <laughs> I spit I out. I couldn't do any of that. I probably could. Because I'm that good. Maybe at this at this moment. <laughs> I'm that amazing. At this moment, I feel like I could do that. At this moment, I feel but like... the second my head hit the carpet, I'd probably pass out. <laughs> I'd probably die a little. So he says, I spit out my drink and laughed like a little girl, as did pretty much everyone else in the room. I seriously have never laughed that hard in my life. I cried so hard it gave me a headache. I mean, imagine Paul's headache. <laughs> like cried in laughter? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, because that's happened to me. I mean, that happened to me Did like 20 me, minutes like, ago. Even crying, like for real crying, I guess. No matter how it's happening. Uh, it's happened to me a few times. <laughs> Later on <laughs> in the night. Not to get sad here. Right. <laughs> Later on in the night, I overheard him hitting on some random girl at the party. The girl notices rug burn all over his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> the girl notices rug burn all over his forehead and face and asked what was wrong with his face. <laughs> Don't lose it. The only words that get out of his mouth were... We were having a dance circle, and I, the girl cracks up and says, you were the front flip guy. She couldn't stop laughing, and he walks away in shame. I later found out that he had to go to the hospital for a concussion. I say it was worth it. Is this a real person? This is legit. Was his name Paul, or is she just calling him A Paul? No, he said... You know, to hide the guy's actual identity, he said, let's just call him Paul. Oh, so now you've created a new Karen in male form. Right. So that weirdo that's like breakdancing when... It's he like had rap. no business yeah. breakdancing. It's like rap music playing and he's like, I'm gonna get He's some, like, I'm in on this. This is a rave. I'm gonna get some glow sticks. I'm gonna start dancing in the middle of the circle. Like, I'm gonna pretend like this is I'm my gonna, shit. I'm gonna pretend there is a circle. <laughs> People don't do that. And I just picture some dude with oh his legs God. arced over his fucking head, scooting across the floor on his forehead. No. Come on, Paul. Get your shit together. What we need to do is find a Paul and a Karen and see how well they do together in the wild. They could be like 90 day fiancés with yes. each other. Oh my God. Yes. And then we could put them in like a naked and afraid situation. 
and let's see how you guys really do. And he's gonna be put naked, them each on Survivor like, dancing. <laughs> and she's gonna be like, "I know everything. Like, can I speak to the manager because these fish aren't biting? It would be perfect." You'd be like, "I'm the most amazing break dancer." And then Paul would be like, "No, Karen, I'm, I'm the most amazing break dancer." <laughs> Oh my god, we gotta get. And they're gonna have together. they're gonna have kids, Becky and Chad. <laughs> and no, they're gonna Becky. be calm down, Chad. And they're gonna be just as big of douche twats as their as parents. Their parents. Mm-hmm. Cheers, Mandy. Cheers. So what you got for me? So tonight. Oh well, that was fucking. I am talking about. <laughs> I had to refresh my mouth. Oh, is that what that was? That was a refresh. I had to my wet mouth. my whistle. Yes. I didn't know you'd be calling upon me so soon. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, I am talking about... That makes me think it's like, ooh, I have a gentleman caller. Yeah. <laughs> like... I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> but tonight, I am talking about Christine and Leah Pappen. Who what? Who... Our two French sisters who murdered some people. I do declare. Now, I often refer to them as the Pappen twins, which they are not twins. They are sisters, and they're actually seven years apart. So so they're definitely not twins. But they look very close in age. Like we do? And whenever, yeah, we are. Exactly. We're only six months apart. Right. But they... Um, and we look like twins. They are... Legitimate sisters that mm-hmm. are seven years apart, but to me, they don't look that far apart. And whenever I like go back to search them again, I always type in the Pappen twins, and I'm like, oh no, they're not twins. Do you have, nothing do you have comes a picture? Up. I do. I want to see them. They're seven years apart. Woof. Weird though, right? <sighs> oh my god. Their eyebrows look like they have a caterpillar fight club on foreheads. In case you guys oh haven't god. noticed yet. Katie is a tell it like I see it person. Oh, dude. I have no filter and there is no bullshit. Where me, lots of things make me feel uncomfortable, but Katie brings the truth out in me. Caterpillar <laughs> Fight Club on the foreheads. But this was also... This is like in the 20s or the teens or something. I think this was in the 30s. Oh, so... But still... They had razors. This picture that I'm showing you could have been in the 20s. I'm Easily. Not, not quite sure. But Easily. I will let you know. So, I will post this picture. Because they do. I mean, they... I could see We have as, to post that picture. Twins, they do look like twins. Sure. But anyway, that is what I'm talking about tonight. And it is about their gruesome murders. Mm-hmm. How many murders? Dun, dun, dun. You will find out after the break. Damn it. Fucking break. Gather all around me, little Tickanini boy. Don't you hear that scary? Can't you hear that scary noise? Ogino is here. Don't you never let him get you from your mammy's door, cause mammy loves you so. Yes, you run and don't look back until you get to Pappy Shack, the boogeyman is here. Baby, trot to do 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 do
baby twat. Um, gross. Katie and I may get mistaken for twins, but that was not me. <laughs> oh, totally have, that one. I have video evidence. No, to prove she it. doesn't. <laughs> no, man. In no way, shape, or form was that Mandy. She knew that that was happening. I knew, and I let it happen. <laughs> but I also knew it was not me doing it. Mandy. But now you do have the baby twat song stuck in your stock in your heart. Stuck in your heart. And you're so welcome, guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so. Oh, shit. Shiza. Okay, so tonight I'm going to tell you a little story about... Two sisters with the last name Pappen. These two bitches. Mm-hmm. So the Pappen sisters and the murder case that still haunts France after more than 80 years. Parlez-vous Francais? No, I do not. <laughs> S'il vous plaît. I understood that part, and no, I do not Macarons. Well, yes, I've been making a lot of French pastries lately. I'm, I'm not failing. good at it, though. I am failing. Hardcore. <laughs> Miserably. I'm making, because we're on lockdown, I'm making French Madelines. The second <coughs> one. What's a Madeline? It's those cookies that look like cakes, and they're like in the seashell form almost. They sell them at Starbucks. They're fucking delicious. I love Madelines. My mom buys me Madelines, like, for Christmas and stuff. She can be a big thing. They're so good. Ma'am, oh. this is not your mirror. <sighs> I know, but since I can see myself, I can fix my hair. <laughs> I've been I know, checking out this chin that I've gained since being home. Yeah. This my is COVID like chin. The freshman 15. It's <laughs> the COVID 15, The COVID bitch. 15. COVID 25. This... Look at this boob here. <laughs> Look how big this boob has gotten. Look how big these boobs have gotten. <laughs> I got some bounce. Y'all, I have to post this because this was... It's fucking horrendous. My boobs have gotten huge. My boobs match Mandy's now. Guys, I want to hear about these Bopsy twins or whoever the fuck they are. Pappin. They're not (laughs) not twins. They're not twins. That's right. Mistakenly called them the Pappin twins. But they are sisters and they are in fact seven years apart. So Christine and Leah Pappin spent their youth in villages around Le Mans in western France. The age, oh, the age difference between them was seven years, like I told you, but that did not influence their bond. They had a very strange bond. So they had an older sister too. Um, and the older sister, I want to say, was like uh, three years older than the older one. Than the older one. Mm-hmm. But then the two younger ones are seven years apart. So the middle one was actually way closer in age to the oldest. Right. So anyway, these two had a very strange bond, and. They literally, like, wouldn't do anything without the other one. They would just freeze up and be like, I'm not going to do it without Leah. I'm not going to do it without Christine. So that, I mean, I can see how that translates to murder. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Obviously. So, um, they had an elder sister, Emilia. I'm sorry. Come again. And. Where am I looking? Here. Yeah, it's Emilia. Okay, well, I'm cutting that part out. (laughs) <laughs> Edit. Her name was Emilia. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, this is gonna get old. Her. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, 
Anyway, she had a horrible upbringing. She was raped by her father. So she left and lived in a monastery. So Christine and Leah grew up in a dysfunctional family, obviously, because they witnessed the violence and various forms of molestation on them as well. As soon as the marriage between their parents fell apart, they were both sent to a mental institution to recover from the divorce, which had affected them greatly. Now, that tells you off the break that there's already underlying mental issues. Yeah. Because if you... I'd say... If you have to go to a mental institution to deal with the stress of your parents' divorce, then there's a little something extra going on. However, back then, your family members could institutionalize you for even, like, blinking sideways. Not that that's possible, but you know what I'm saying. No, I believe that. Like, they can institutionalize you for, like, coughing. I believe that, but it turns out... I mean, they're fucking crazy. That they're really crazy. Right, right. Let me give you a little glimpse of that picture. Oh! That's one of them. These bitches are fucking sexy. Oh. (laughs) So, they... The parents probably used the divorce... As a... Like a scapegoat? To get them into a mental institution. Because mm-hmm. they're like, these bitches are crazy. <laughs> right. They might Our be kids are wackadoos. But they're fucking weird. Right. So... Um, I wish my neighbor would do that. In the insane asylum, they proved to be inseparable, the two sisters. That has to be, like, dangerously scary. Even though they were rarely seen talking to each other. They'd be together, but they... It's almost like they... Like ESP like, or like some twins shit? Would. Like Yeah. So reading the story, that's why I kept thinking twins, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they knew stuff about each other. Mm-hmm. So they hardly ever saw them speaking to each other, but they were inseparable. Oof. So this gave off an eerie impression as the two sisters looked as though they were telepathic. Mm-hmm. Which, again, to me, says twins. Yeah. <clears throat> After their release, Christine and Liam managed to obtain work as maids in several households. Always insisting on working in a pair. And they just had to be together forever. God, that's creepy. I know. Look at that one. <laughs> Look at that one. Ugh. Yeah, there's something, something not quite right up there. In 1926. Oh, no, she's kind of hot. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you can have her. I do her. I'm just in- totally joking. <laughs> she's fucking. You're like, cut it. Cut it out. I just snorted because I was like, <laughs> trying not to laugh. This bitch is haggard. In 1926... Please don't haunt me. Well, they're dead, so possibly. In 1926, they became live-in servants in the mansion of Rene Lancelin, a retired solicitor living in the town of Le Mans. The mansion was home to Rene and his wife and their grown-up daughter. This was the ground on which the horrendous crime took place that you're going to hear about. Dun, dun, dun. The girls were reportedly reportedly obliged to work 14 hours a day with only half a day off each week. Half a day? Mm-hmm. Each week. This was seen as normal for house servants as they were at the Lancelin's disposal for most of the day. I mean, I'd rather you... be in the institution. Sorry. Yeah, why would you even want to work somewhere where literally almost... Every hour of every day. They can call on You're you. You're at someone else's disposal. Right. You can barely take a shit without someone being like, ooh. Right. Yeah, anything they want. Come over here. Yeah. So that basically, that. you know, gives you maybe a little bit of downtime and then you sleep and you wake up and it starts all over again. 
Um, yeah, but for 14 hours? God. Yeah. It's a long-ass day. But still, the girls kept to themselves, silent as always, doing their jobs with humility and respect. They showed no interest whatsoever in the outside world and were only seen spending time with each other. Mm. So they... Clearly something mental. My skin is like crawling just thinking about this. Yeah. Like the image on their pictures too. Well, no, but just like the image I'm getting in my head. Like I have this like, you know how like when you read a book, you kind of get like this whole scene. Right. In your head. Like I'm not even seeing them. And then you watch the movie and you're like, that is not how I pictured it. Right. But like, so you showed me pictures of what they look like. Right. That's not even what I'm picturing in my head. I'm just picturing these creepy women that are just like, like something like is talking clearly to themselves on like not a, like right a, with them like a sonar type level right. you know what I mean they're so dependent on each right. other right you know what but I they mean? don't speak and they just have like these like monotone just kind of like nothing behind their eyes kind of look going on you know yeah and they're just like well yeah and that's kind of like I, I just have this scene in my head and it's right. like Ooh. and their pictures kind of look that way too it's just like blank yeah yeah. Um, so their landlord, who they worked for, didn't mind as long as the housework was in order. Mm. The years went by without a single incident. But on the night of February 2nd, 1933, Renee was supposed to meet his wife at a friend's house for dinner. When she was long overdue, he went home to look for her. As he approached the house, he noticed that the lights were off and there was only candlelight coming from the maid's chambers. She's, the, like, eating her? The, do- the doors no. were locked, and the entire setting began to look suspicious. Bon appétit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lancelin went to the police, and they soon managed to enter the house, because he couldn't get in, because the doors were locked. Like, do you not have a key to your house, dude? Like, come on, this is your house. Right, it's the 30s, not, like, 1280. Right, exactly. What's happening? Even if it is... 1200, grab a fucking axe, knock your door down. Right. Be a man, Break dude. Your, your plate. wife is in there. Right. Break your plate glass window and <laughs> get into something. your house. Do something. Grab a big rock. But anyway, he had to go to the police and they got into the house. Um, so Lancelin went to the police. They got into the house. They had no idea what was behind those doors. The description given by Jacques Lankin, a French psychoanalyst and psychiatrist of an orgy of blood. Oh. Yeah. So... I don't know why he's a psychiatrist of an orgy of blood. I think that's probably a book that he wrote. Um, he vividly... I don't know why it's described as an orgy, but okay. I know. Ugh. That just was like thrown in that's here. Like all willy-nilly. Foul. So I don't right. know what the fuck they're talking about. That's not a term to use lightly, <laughs> sir. So the psychiatrist behind that, um, he vividly expresses the atrocity committed by the two maids. Lancelin's wife and daughter had been murdered in the most brutal way. Their eyes were gouged out. Their faces were smashed beyond recognizability. That's the word they used. Yeah, I was I like, not recognition? That's no. interesting. I, see here? I didn't make it Recognizability. Up. This is probably like... A was British... it translated from French? It could have been. Because that is not legit. Okay. Well. That's creepy. I know. So their faces are smashed in. Their eyes were fucking gouged out. So these bitches, it's not like they just killed them right they're like savages they like so in the service room these two girls were found laying naked on the bed like they're they've totally the killers are naked the killer maids that are sisters yeah found naked on the bed like they're out of their minds they immediately confessed to the murders very calmly without a trace of remorse what 
So soon, the murder weapons were collected as evidence. A kitchen knife, a hammer, and a pewter pot. Ugh. So the kitchen knife... A hammer? The kitchen knife was used to gouge their eyes out. Obviously. The hammer was used to bash their faces in beyond... Recognizability. (laughs) Obviously. Um, Christine and Leah were placed in prison separately. This caused Christine to become extremely distressed. Oh, poor Christine. Because these kids, are these, they're not kids. These bitches. At this point, yeah. They had this weird bond and they were totally inseparable. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point, Christine was allowed to see her sister and on that occasion she threw herself into her arms. The conversation that followed implied that the sisters actually nurtured a sexual relationship. I was just about to ask that. Mm -hmm. Are they in an incestuous relationship? Because that's starting, like, that's what I was starting to feel like. Like, are they, like, fucking each other? Why are they so close? And I was just thinking of it as a joke. I was thinking of it as a joke. You know, because, you know, sober. Sure. Yeah, they're, like, really into each other. But Mm -hmm. I also do really believe that there is... Some weird mental illness going on. Now, to me, though, of course, this story would make more sense of his twins because you know how twins they have, have they that. have that like mm-hmm. weird connection sometimes. Although know? I've had connections like that with friends. Yeah, but like to this degree, it's like obviously it has to be. And genetic, I wasn't fucking my friend, which right, <laughs> which both of them are sisters. But like, I feel like the twin thing would have made it more like were inseparable. Right. It made more like, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like when you were twelve and your sister was nineteen, there should have been more of a gap. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? But you were Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know what nineteen year old wants to hang out with their twelve year old sibling. So they separate this is that's the problem. Like that's why I know they're crazy because they would have done anything to stay together. They killed this woman, immediately confessed to it. Didn't, not even thinking in the future, you're going to be separated when you go to jail. Right. And that really fucked him up. So a few months later, Christine suffered a fit of um, insanity, mm-hmm. which she tried to gouge her own eyes out. I mean, I kind of would have let her. <clears throat> she was quickly She's a restrained fucking murderer. And subdued with a straitjacket. Afterwards, Christine stated to the police that she had suffered a similar fit on the day of the murders. And thus implying that her behavior was consequence of mental illness. Mm, no. I do. I mean, she's fucking I insane. Do think, I do think that's, but. I don't think that happened on the day of the murders, though. I think she's just fucking nuts. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to pretend to gouge my own eyes out to give an excuse for why we did Maybe that. Maybe she's like, oh, she needs to be with her sister. Yeah, okay. So, as the trial was about to start, the pressure from the public reached fever pitch and the whole of France nice. followed it carefully. I bet. This was like a big deal in France at the time. So the case attracted the interest of the intelligentsia of the time as they argued the murders were a manifestation of the class struggle. Mm. As the girls who represented the working class rebelled against their masters, the the bourgeoisie. I love the bourgeoisie. This <laughs> fucking face. Ugh! No, they're creepy. This is them at their trial. I know. Look at her face. So. God. Sorry, guys. Um, I just got chills. Let's see. They analyzed the sisters and their odd relationship. 
The crowd gathered in front of the courtroom in September of 1933, awaiting the verdict. It was concluded that Christine was the mastermind. She was the older one. She's the older, okay. Yeah. Um, She was the mastermind behind the murders, and that the cause of the crime was a petty feud between Madame Lancelin and Christine. Huh. So the court also concluded that Leah, the younger of the two, was completely consumed by her sister, which she was. Mm-hmm. Clearly. To the, to the point that her personality was nothing more than a mere extension of Christine's. So she... Like she couldn't she even think on her She fed off of Christine, basically. She just... It's like she didn't even have her own she identity. She was like a succubus on Christine. Yeah. Um, the fact about the history of mental illness in the family as well as the violent father figure, were taken into consideration. Nevertheless, Christine was sentenced to death, and her sister received a reduced sentence due to her position as an accomplice. Um, And there is a diagram that shows when the altercation started, it was between Christine and the madam. Mm -hmm. And her sister was, like, two floors below. But I guess she came to her sister's Did she, like, hear it or whatever? But, I mean, she was still found naked in the bed with her sister. Like, she was all in. You know what I mean? Right. So, Christine's sentence... Oh, here we go. Let's see. Because of their weird bond, and they knew that Leah, the younger one, would not survive if her sister was killed because she was sentenced to death, they changed her sentence to life imprisonment. But soon she became extremely depressed, refused to eat, and showed occasional fits of madness. She could not cope being separated from her sister as the two seemed to be functioning as one personality. What? They had some... They were like... I wonder if there's like an actual diagnosis for this. There has to be because they were so close in a fucked up way. Yeah. That... One could not function without the other. I mean, obviously, it goes beyond dependency at this point. It probably started from a very young age when their father was molesting them. Mm-hmm. And they probably stuck together. But you'd think that the older two that are only like two or three years apart... You would think they would be the ones. It was, but maybe she felt more protective over her baby sister. But then, where does the like sexual part come in? Where you're like, I love my sister in a sexual way now. You know, the whole thing is strange. Yeah. But Christine, the older one, she slowly wasted away and died in 1937, which was only, I think, four years after this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because she couldn't see her sister. And for those three or four years, she refused to eat. She just wasted herself She's lucky away. she lasted four years without... <clears throat> I mean, she probably only ate when they forced her to eat. Right. You know? Um... But in 1941, Leah was released from prison. She was an accomplice, so she had a much lower sentence. Lighter, yeah. Yeah, a lighter sentence. So in 1941, and she moved in with her alienated mother. According to some sources, Leah managed to obtain a job in a hotel using a fake identity. It was believed that she had died in 1982, but this came into question in 2000 when a documentary filmmaker called Claude Ventura claim that she was alive. She is shown in the film in search of the Pappen sisters. She can be seen partly paralyzed due to a stroke she suffered before shooting the film. The stroke left her speechless as well, which only adds to the mysterious persona and echoes of the crime that reached out from the depths of a troubled mind. 
And it also makes it impossible for her to say who she is. Yeah. You know. Ooh, I kind of want to watch that documentary and just put <clears throat> so, on, like, English subtitles. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure about that because if she committed these murders in, like, 33, mm-hmm. she in 2000, she'd be, like, in her very late 90s. Yeah. Close like, to 100. Yeah, she'd be, like, 98 years old. Yeah, so I, I don't know about that because he's, like, look at this woman who's had a stroke who can't speak right this is her this is her i promise and it's like uh she looks like every other 98 year old vegetable yeah you can't really prove that but no offense to the 98 year old vegetable listeners that we have but <laughs> no <laughs> my god but you know she lived to 98 more power to her but I i'd be interested to see the death certificate of the woman he thought was her though i would think she probably died in 82. Because that's still like 50 years after her sister died or something. Like 40 something. Yeah. Her sister died in 37 I think. Something. 37. Yeah. So it was like 40 something years after. And with their close bond. I'm sure it was a rough 40 something years. I'm surprised she lived that long. If their bond was that close. And she couldn't like function without but I her also, freaking sister. Well I also wonder if the one that couldn't function was the one who ended up dying. The older one. And kind of released the younger one to be like oh my God, my sister's not so dependent on me anymore. Or if they were codependent and the younger one being a little bit more resilient than she probably thought she was, was like, oh my gosh, I don't need her as much as I probably thought I did. Right, exactly. Because Maybe I mean, the older one had more of a mental illness than the younger one. Oh, had. I definitely think so. If you have if you have the willpower to not eat and starve yourself, mm-hmm. I mean... You're probably fucking nuts. There's probably something... Very wrong up there that's making you able to do that. Because your body should be forcing you to eat at some point, you know? So maybe she was nook and futz. So I think she was a little nook and futz, mm-hmm. yes. But anyway, that is the story of the Pappen sisters who brutally murdered these people. And not just murdered them, but like, you know, went the extra mile and cut their eyes out and bashed their faces in. And then you just find them laying naked on the bed Sprawled out, butt-ass naked, like it's nothing. Right. I like, I did it. It's a sad case. Yeah. It's a disturbing case, but aren't all murder cases... Sad and disturbing? Sad and disturbing. For sure. So I hope you guys have a really good sleep tonight. Right. And And be glad your last name isn't Pappin. And if it is... Um, maybe don't go, uh, digging around in the, uh, genealogical tree. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. If your last name is Pappin. Tell please, us. Please do dig around. Please tell us. Our email I... is officialtwatpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah. we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. As long as mentally you're not thinking about killing us right now, right. then please. As long as you are of sound mind and body. Yes. We would love to hear from you. (laughs) If you're not, we're changing our names. We're going into and we live in Oregon. Yes, look for us in Oregon. (laughs) We live in Puerto Rico. (laughs) We go, we go there for the summer. Olay. (laughs) We go to Puerto Rico in the winter and Oregon in the summer. So go ahead and find us. (laughs) Right. We'll see you next Tuesday. Actually, we might because we're recording on Tuesday next week. Are we? (laughs) So, see you twats later. Right. Love you twats. 